Hello and welcome to the Six Comms podcast with me, Lisa Partridge. The six C's in Six Comms are what I believe to be the essential ingredients in being an effective communicator. They are connection, compassion, curiosity, clarity, customization, and consistency. We will explore these six C's in more detail to uncover what it really takes to be a successful communicator in the work environment now. From each episode, you will pick up tips, techniques and resources that will help you improve and enhance the way you communicate with the people you work with. In this episode, episode 16, I'm joined by Kate Jackson. Kate is a multi-award winning leadership, learning and development consultant and is the founder of Andragogy. She is an accomplished strategic communication and learning consultant offering Institute of Leadership and Management accredited courses. Kate has over 15 years of experience working across a range of industries, designing and delivering training to executives, teams, and whole organizations to improve performance, communication, and collaboration. For this episode, Kate and I explore the ways we are communicating now with a particular focus on the way we influence. Some questions we consider are, what do we understand by communicating to influence? In the last two years, how has the way we communicate impacted on how we influence? How can we create more coaching style conversations in order to influence rather than just telling others? How can we ask better questions to create psychologically safe spaces? How can we help others to commit to action? And what are the three things that someone can do to make them a more influential communicator. Both Kate and I think that the first and most important element of influence is connection. But as Kate points out, people are like water. They always take the easy route. So we found that people default to email. This is understandable as our working lives have have changed considerably over the last couple of years. Remote, online and hybrid trying to connect with people in multiple locations. It's not been easy. And telling, advising and delegating seems to be the quickest way in which to get others to do what we want. But is this really influencing? To influence is the ability to change someone's behaviour or attitude. So shouldn't we be considering what other communication channels are available to us to ensure more positive and deeper connections are made so that our capacity to influence improves. We hope this episode will encourage you to step back and consider where you are on the communication continuum from the authoritarian telling someone what to do through to advising, guiding and opening up conversations and asking questions. As Tony Robbins says, Successful people ask better questions, and as a result, they get better answers. Now, let's get into this episode. Hi, 
Hello, Kate. Welcome to the Six Comms podcast. How good are you morning, doing? good afternoon, good evening. <laughs> yeah, We're covering all the time zones. Um, you are now currently in Scotland, I believe, in the UK. Correct. Um, I'm in Glasgow this morning. Glasgow, very nice. Um, how are you doing? Um, we- I'm not too bad. I've had an extremely busy week and next week also continues to look the same. It's uh, only temporary um, burnouts <laughs> a couple of days, but um, I'm really enjoying the work that I've been doing. So it's all good. Yeah, I'm good. But I'm looking forward. It's Friday today when we're recording this. So I am looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's Friday. So yeah, we've come to the end of the weekend. Uh, sorry, the week rather. God, I'm already in the weekend mode. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk today in this episode about um, communicating to influence. Yes. Um, and so I, I think I think we can both agree that in the last couple of years, the way that we communicate with each other has changed um, significantly. Um, so I'm just wondering what your thoughts are around how it's changed in the last couple of years in terms of communicating with each other and what impact that has had on the way that we influence. Sure. So when I thought about this, I actually went back to truly understand actually what do we mean by influence? Mm. And to influence means the capacity to have an effect on the character, development or behaviour of someone or something Mm -hmm. so I really kind of just wanted to make sure that that's what we truly understood when we Mm -hmm. mean like how to communicate to influence and the people and the clients that I've been working with both here in Europe in the UK and in Asia over the past couple of years it seems like people are like water they will always take the easy route So we have quite frequently found that people have defaulted to email, Mm -hmm. to WhatsApp, to Line, to messaging, Mm -hmm. um, because it's the easiest and fastest route. Um, Pre-pandemic, it used to be easier just to pick up the phone. However, during the working from home period, the remote setup that everybody has, they're facing the screen. It's now the easiest way is just to send a message, ping, 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 and it goes straight through. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of the ecosystem that we're working in at the moment mm-hmm. is it the most effective way to influence? Not so sure. Not so sure. And I know you've picked up on this in previous episodes of your podcast, but when we go back to now to look to influence, you know, that capacity to have an effect on somebody's character or behavior, maybe we need to think wider. Maybe we need to think, rethink this about how should I be connecting with people and what are my choice of words, my tone of voice, what is the environment that I should be building, creating Mm. in order to have that influence, in order to have that effect. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what you're, you're talking about is like, how do we choose the channel that is going to develop those, those relationships and build on some kind of connection? Because, for me, when I think of influence, I don't know about you, but I immediately go to connection. Um, yes. And it's order to build that connection or that rapport with someone, build that relationship so that you're in a position where you can start to influence. You've got to build some kind of trust. And so how can you do that? If you're just correct. 
chat messaging and all of those very kind of quick default type um, communication channels and I mean they talked a lot about zoom fatigue Um, you mentioned previous podcast episodes I remember I did one episode on um, how to build positive relationships through email and I was kind of suggesting this idea okay we've got zoom fatigue but we've also got email fatigue oh I'm the biggest one now I I I just I think I'm allergic to email (laughs) yeah so so what would you say I mean so you talk about yeah you talk about first the need for a connection in order to influence and that is key that is the the first kind of brick of laying the land in order to influence and persuade and connection you we used to normally do that through first impressions through our body language through our gestures for tone of voice and again you lose that through email and you you can you lose that through WhatsApp, through line messages, through chatter, but you can use voice notes, for example, and you can use small talk and um, use questioning and open greetings in your email. But connection is first. So for anyone listening to this who really, you know, who is in a leadership position uh, and whether that's, you know, you're trying to influence and persuade your clients and your external customers or whether it's internally through your team and through others, building that connection is first. So consider your environment, what's relevant to you and the channels that are available to you and consider what will allow you to build that connection first. Mm-hmm. If it's an email, that's great. Um, if it's a, a direct messaging through Instagram, okay. But if it's equally, don't forget, we've still got phones. <laughs> we've still got tools like this, like Zoom. Um, and we now have the opportunity and the freedom, thank you, for face-to-face interactions again. So mm-hmm. I truly would encourage people to consider what is the right channel for them? And if it doesn't feel right for them to build that connection, then don't use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first, what you're saying is really think about and be intentional in the choice of channel um, where you you build that initial um, connection. Um, I think also, I think, you know, when it comes to influencing, you mentioned leaders and managers, they want to influence or change behavior or you know prompt people into certain action I think that kind of authoritarian style of of leadership or management where it's very much tell people what to do is um well I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I I hope that it's a thing of the past um (laughs) I don't always see that in some organizations um But I think most of us are starting to agree that more coaching or collaborative type relationships are are more effective when it comes to influencing. Um, So I wondered if you could you could tell me like through your experience, what what kind of elements are needed to create those kind of successful, more coaching conversations? It starts with understanding self-awareness. It starts with self-awareness. And like I mentioned, people like water a lot, they will always take the easy route. So, you know, everybody's busy. Everyone's got stresses in their life. Everyone's got, you know, they're worrying about the children. They're worrying about the finances right now. They've got pressure at work. Everybody's busy. 
So even if for people who are managers or, or business leaders, it's quite easy just to default into telling somebody what to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and you're seen as you're seen as the authority, you're seen as the one with more experience, you're seen as the leader. And people assume or there's a belief that telling and advising and, and giving guidance is the is the lingua franc franca. It's the default way that managers lead. It's how mm. it's how they do. You know, they've got the experience, they know what is expected and they just tell people they delegate out tasks mm. and, and work in that manner. But again, take a step back, like we were saying about considering your channel of communication, mm-hmm. is it fit for purpose? Consider where you are on that communication continuum, mm-hmm. starting from authoritarian default, telling somebody exactly what to do, all the way through to selling, advising, guiding, mentoring, through to abdicating and giving the response by opening up and, qu- and asking those questions. Mm-hmm. So it's easy you know we're busy at work we've got things to do we just quite frequently it's easier and quicker to tell somebody what to do mm-hmm. but that can cause a lot of issues uh, and I think many of us listening to this podcast and many of us around the world just because we've told somebody to do something <laughs> doesn't mean they're going to do it right I'm yeah. sure maybe if you could think about your life in the past 24 hours you can identify a time where you've told someone to do something and maybe it was misaligned they didn't do what they were expected to maybe they didn't do it within the same the time frame that you wanted them to do or maybe they didn't do it at all Mm -hmm. and telling isn't teaching so I go back to it from a from an andragogy an adult learning principle as Mm -hmm. well just because you've told somebody something doesn't mean they've remembered it they've learned it they know it yeah Telling somebody is actually only around, I think, maybe probably about 25% of effective communication Mm. because we're assuming that people have subject matter expertise and they have a similar background, they come from a similar level of understanding and experience. And actually, just by telling somebody something actually opens us up to a large gap of misunderstanding and, and misalignment. So I feel that by asking questions, after the after following you've told somebody something maybe you've explained the 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 kind of your expectations and lay of the ground but by following up with effective coaching questions exploring the hows the whys the whens um will allow you to align on those what could have been the 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 misunderstanding those gaps in misunderstanding so Yes, telling is fine, fit for purpose sometimes, you know, it gets the job done. But, you know, if you do have the time and, and consider the flexibility of, okay, um, what is the risk if this goes wrong? Mm. Do I truly believe that this person's going to carry out or, or do the action or complete the task as I need them to? Just ask some follow-up questions. And I don't mean interrogate like a police, yeah. <laughs> like, a, like, you know, you know follow up with a direct line of questioning, but just open it up so it feels like a two-way uh, conversation. Um, so demonstrating that your value and interest in, the, in your audience as well. And just by you know, spending a few more minutes having a more quality conversation may actually set you up for success when you are delegating out tasks and projects. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think what you're saying about that continuum is really important. And I think probably as, as we're saying, we're all busy. We're all trying to just 
um, cope. And we have been doing that in like that pandemic type of attitude where everything is just all a bit more complex and difficult to handle in the last couple of years. It is quite easy to default and just use one end of the continuum, which you're saying is the, the telling. But equally, there will be like emergency situations where you have got to just oh. tell somebody. So it yeah, does yeah. depend on the on the context or the purpose of the conversation. It, 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 yes, it could depend on the urgency of, of the need, like you mentioned. So uh, in, in the past couple of years, I've been working with London Fire Brigade. And of course, mm. depending on high risk, high stake <laughs> environments, you just need to get that command and that order out. Um, but there are opportunities when you're talking with a member of staff who's got some experience and got their own ideas where those coaching and those mentoring opportunities can really come out and allow them to shine as from an employee value proposition it shows that you're interested and that you value the people that you work with and it's that behavioral science where if somebody comes out with a suggestion or action from themselves they're more likely to act on it rather than being told to do it yeah because they're more invested in it leaving it yes yeah. um so when I, I was thinking about this conversation today I came across this Tony Robbins quote mm-hmm. um which says, and I have to read because I'm rubbish at remembering quotes, I realise. Successful people ask better questions and as a result, they get better answers. Yes. Um, Yes. And so I think a large part of kind of having an effective coaching conversation is around the quality of your questions. And it's certainly something that's come up in the past, I would say, decade that I've certainly been facilitating workshops around communication here in Singapore is one of the the big number one challenges for for people across industries and across uh, levels whether they be a leader or or someone down the pack at pecking order if you see what I mean Um, they always struggle with asking those questions or asking the right questions Um, so I wondered if you could give any any tips on that how to actually ask those good questions again keep them open um what we have found during lockdown and the move to online and remote communication is that when you're communicating through technology such as zoom Mm. um, anxiety can go up so avoid direct lines of closed questions because like I said you could be being interrogated (laughs) and especially if there's power dynamics in those kind of conversations people will feel pressured uh, to give Mm. uh, answers that may be incorrect because they feel the pressure to to kind of defer to the person with the power within Mm. these conversations so avoid yeah closed questions Mm. and even if you have a great relationship with that person you know try to make sure you shift towards the more open questions the who's the why's the how's um and try and do it in a manner you know which which makes it feel psychologically safe Mm. um so allow for pauses as well allow time and the opportunity for the person you're talking to to respond don't be you know don't be scared of silent gaps yeah um encourage people and set the scene you know to give their their true and honest responses to those questions and by asking such op- such open questions it will truly allow you to see the insight and experience for the people you're talking to um 
It will allow you to, like I mentioned, avoid any kind of misunderstanding and missteps in the work that you're doing. And ultimately, it can help you to be innovative and creative. Mm -hmm. So look at all those businesses that now don't exist. Kodak, Blockbuster, for example. Mm -hmm. And where's Nokia nowadays? <laughs> it's that failure to, to be creative and to innovate. And you can only do that by asking questions, asking effective questions, allowing people to come up with open and different responses. And by setting that scene, by being curious, again, one of those six Cs, yeah. um, will allow, will help you build a psychological safe environment where your, your team, your audience feel safe to engage, to share their responses to share their ideas to um, share their concerns as well and to flag any risks that they might see and that will actually make you a commercially stronger leader and it will also encourage and engage and maintain your staff they'll feel like they want to work in an environment and they want to work hard in such a, an ecosystem and environment like that yeah yeah great yeah, and you did mention, you know, that that buzzword at the moment, which is, you know, be creating that environment of um, psychological safety. And I think mm. at the beginning we talked about, you know, we need to build that connection, to build the trust, to build those psychologically safe um, spaces. And you can only do yes. that if you ask, if you yes. ask questions. Yeah. You ask questions, but you allow the time for people and the opportunity for people to answer. Mm. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a good point um, because I think now like we started this conversation off by saying you know that we we send out that quick email we send out that quick WhatsApp message and I don't know about you but in the last couple of years I found that you know the patience the tolerance of um, giving a response has kind of declined so there's like this expectation that as soon as we ask this question we've got to get that immediate response and actually stepping back and waiting and letting people process and mull things over mm. you get a much higher quality response um, as and, a result and when I when I do coaching with with managers as well I inform them you're the gatekeepers of this mm. nobody top down for is going to say right we're going to mandate a 24-hour response on emails yeah so <laughs> <laughs> um if you are leading a team or if you're working with clients, you are the gatekeepers of how you respond. So you've also got to be careful about how your own behaviours mm. uh, sets, 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 sets a tone for others. Um, and so maybe you should be sharing and reaffirming what your expectations of people's response rate should be. Mm. Because constantly pinging and responding to email is not productive either it's counterproductive so yes. it goes back to that thing of checking your emails at like set times during the day mm -hmm. so that also allows you to do your productive business as usual <laughs> work um, yeah. and you're not just constantly living in your inbox mm. yeah so yeah you mentioned you know setting those expectations and those parameters and then kind of setting the example as well and not being the one that's just knee-jerk reaction all the time, yeah. Um, the part of influencing, um, certainly as a learning facilitator and in meetings that I've attended as an employee, um, I find that the challenge is to, okay, you might have influenced and you might have convinced someone of something, but actually taking that 
to action and committing to action is where it falls down. So I just wondered if you've got any thoughts on how you can go, how you can help people to commit to that action. Yes. So it's similar to what we were just talking about before that um, we sh- if we're telling people and we're informing them, we give them an update of our status, the lay of the land and um, encouraging people, we're motivating and getting people like a, a true call for action. People agree. When you always ask, like, take the question, do you agree or do you understand? What is the default response? Mm. People always say yes. People always say, yeah, I understand. But in reality, it's not true. (laughs) (laughs) So um, if we do find ourselves asking those questions or if we do find ourselves just kind of telling, telling somebody what to do, hold yourself a little bit, come back to it, and then come back with those open questions. Mm -hmm. Because that will truly allow you to see whether the person you're talking to has, the the message has landed with them. And by following up and asking effective questions will allow you, like I mentioned, to understand if there are any gaps Mm. in understanding. And if you are able to do it face-to-face or online, you're able to read people's body language and and the way that they respond to you it allows you to follow up yeah and and allows you to follow up questions to check actually maybe do they have a better idea do they have a better solution is there something that I'm not tapping into Mm. and by opening up two-way communication um will will allow you to see is actually they might have greater insight. They might have a better way to do something mm. that you wouldn't have found if you have if you had just, um, you know, kind of sold them a great story and motivated them into 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 action. But it's that it's got that kind of thing of like opening up two way communication. They understand the vision. They know what's expected of them. They know what it is that you're trying to achieve. But do follow up, do follow up on that conversation because that's when the gaps start to appear and that's when you're not setting yourself up to success in a way that you can. Yeah. So the the key word that I picked up there was that you're saying about follow up. So it's like there needs to be almost like, would you say, a kind of a momentum and like a consistent momentum? Well, consider you're having a a town hall and you're speaking to, you're speaking one on many, you're speaking to 200. You're not going to have the time and opportunity to open up to debate and conversation. However, if you've, you know, you've given your strategic plan, you've told people exactly where you want to be, what your goals are, what success looks like, you've sold them in, you've given them the Kool-Aid. If you know that you've got key players and key stakeholders in that target Mm -hmm. audience group when your town hall is finished follow up you know Mm -hmm. catch them in the corridor catch them in the kitchen catch them in the meeting room and just kind of ask for their insight you know Mm -hmm. follow up with questions and make sure that your key message was heard in a way that you wanted it Mm -hmm. to be heard yeah um, that your intent had the right impact and that they are bought in essentially into mm. what you're trying to do. And through asking questions, it will allow you to understand how they're going to carry out your strategic plan and whether that is actually in the way that you would like it to be done. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like what you're saying about large groups, if you're presenting to large groups, of course, you're not going to have the time to go, 
um, and meet with everyone on a one-to-one basis. So what you're saying is identify the most influential stakeholders or the decision makers and then make an effort Mm. to follow up with them individually. Yeah. Um, So if we have people out there that, that do want to become more influential as a communicator in their workplace, what would, you, what would you say is one thing that they should do after listening to this podcast that will help them on the road to developing um, a more influential style of communication? Well, I think there are three things that come out with me. It's first, connection. Yeah. So like we mentioned right at the beginning, if you haven't got that, if you haven't got that foundation, you're going to be, you know, you're not going to be able to make the mark Um So take that time to connect. So recently with a bank I've been working with, we've been refreshing on leading high-performing hybrid teams. And what we have found is that connection is key. Mm -hmm. Even if you are all working remotely, factor in that time for small talk, short stand-ups, always open your meetings and Mm one-on-one with that time for small talk and connection. That, that leads to, and you can't do that without curiosity. Yeah. So you have to be asking those questions and you can ask questions for personal reasons. What did you do at that weekend? Oh, who is that picture of that person in the, in the photo behind you? Yeah. How is your day going? You know, um, what's the best thing about your week so far? Mm-hmm. Ask, be curious about people's human life mm-hmm. and human part of them and be curious about their professional side. Understand, you know, um, how are you going to achieve this? How would you like to see this? What does success look like for you? What are your next steps? Um, how do you feel we're going to overcome this? And again, it shows and demonstrates that you value and that care and have interest in the people that you're working with. Again, that will help you to um, lessen the distance in the relationship. So it will help you to build rapport. That will help you to get greater buy-in. People always like to do work work with, in business with the people that they like. Um, again, being curious will allow you to see that if there's any further innovative or creative solutions that maybe mm-hmm. you have, have oversight on. And again, it's, communicating with clarity mm. so be con- be sure about it and i give an example here of should be you should be able to know your stuff cold you should be able to know what it is that you're trying to achieve yeah and you should be able to communicate that clearly but that's not the end you should be able to then ask those questions and see if other people agree with you Okay, so Kate, you've done a great job in using three of the C's. Very good. So you use, you know, connection, being curious, and and clarity. Um, I could even throw a fourth one in there if you want. Oh, go on then. And which is customers like customization. Um, And if you are able to communicate what it is that you're trying to achieve and what you want to do and customize it so it's relevant to that audience or the person you're talking to again it will appeal to them it will create to build a relationship and and really kind of lessen that distance between you and that person and I think by customizing your your communication style to meet your target audience whether it's just one-on-one I think that will also have a huge impact on your ability to influence and persuade and call for action yeah 
Yeah, great. Wow. Four out of six, not too bad. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we're coming to the end of the episode, but um, I do like to always ask each each guest this one question. You have used four of the C's, but I always like to ask this question just for you personally, out of those six C's of effective communication, which, which one, you know, if you had to choose one, which resonates most with you and why? Um, connection because I'm a massive believer and I think it was Amy Cuddy who said from Harvard who said it's we have to connect and then lead and Mm -hmm. I feel that this is my my personal leadership mantra and -hmm. when I go into organizations I spend 80% of the time building those that connection Mm -hmm. first enable to lead Um, so I let the connection do the hard work um, build that trust, build those relationships, mm-hmm. and then I, I I work to execute. Excellent, yeah. So it's connection for you, and um, yeah, we have been connected for a while, but this is the first time we've really kind of, um, other than the prep conversation that we had mm-hmm. before this, um, been able to connect via Zoom face to face. So I really do appreciate your time. Thank you so Thank you. much. It's been a pleasure. So take care and um, hope to speak to you and connect with you again very soon. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Many thanks again to my guest, Kate, for being on the show today. Kate was able to identify four of the six comms, six C's of effective communication to guide you in being able to communicate with more influence. Can you remember what they were? Okay, let me tell you. Number one was connection. Connection is key, so factor in time to connect even when working remotely. Number two was curiosity. Ask questions both personal the human aspects of someone's life and professional to build that connection. Number three was clarity. You should be able to know what you want to achieve and ask questions to check that others have understood your aim. And number four was customization. With customizing your message, it becomes relevant to the audience and then it becomes easier to influence, persuade and get others to commit to action. So would you choose the same four C's as Kate or something else? Please get in touch and let us know. Hi there, I hope you enjoyed the episode. A lot of love and energy is poured into making the Six Coms podcast. If you found value in this episode, I would love for you to subscribe and would really appreciate it if you could leave a review. I would like to invite you to follow Six Coms on LinkedIn and Instagram where you can keep up to date with all the latest podcast episodes. Please visit our website at sixcoms.org. If communication skills is something you or your organisation would like to develop, then email me at lisa at sixcoms.org and we can arrange a free 30-minute Zoom call to discuss your learning needs. Thank you so much for listening.